This is the Honey Badger Diaries episode 30. Where are we? 33. Right? Yes, this is episode 33. My name is Anna Verwidem. I interview Bitcoiners about whatever I find interesting that day. Often coronavirus stuff, but not today. First, I should mention you can find all of the episodes so far on thehoneybadgerdiaries.com. You can find me on Twitter at AaronVanW. You can find the podcast on Twitter at thbdiaries. And you can shoot me an email on thehoneybadgerdiariespodcast at gmail.com. I hope everyone's doing well, staying in good health. I'm doing fairly well. Lockdown life is not super exciting, but it is what it is. Something interesting happened here this week. About four months since the virus became, uh, you know, made the global news. About three months since the first cases appeared in Europe. Two months since the first cases appeared in the Netherlands. And I guess about seven or eight weeks since lockdown started here. Media and politicians started to ask our government what the strategy is. Amazing. Amazing. Finally, they realized that there are actually different strategies to deal with this situation. It took a little while. But hey, better late than never, I guess. So, so far, our government has been going for the mitigation strategy. The sort of flatten the curve thing. Which means most people will get sick. But they're making efforts that not everyone gets sick at the same time. Another strategy is containment, which they're doing in a lot of Asian countries and increasingly in some European countries. And this means that you try to get rid of the virus as much as you can, which would mean most people don't get sick. And I happen to think that might actually also be better for the economy. Anyways, that's a different discussion. It's just amazing that it took this long for politicians and mainstream media to catch up on the fact that there are actually multiple strategies to deal with this virus. Finally, anyways, my guest for this episode is Leo Vanderslap. He's the lead developer for Mycelium, popular Bitcoin wallet, and he also founded WalletScrutiny.com. As the name of the website suggests, WalletScrutiny scrutinizes wallets, checks if the wallets are open source at all and if the binaries are reproducible these kinds of things i could explain it now but instead i'll let leo explain it in the interview which i'll start now these are the honey badger diaries the honey badger diaries leo welcome to the honey badger diaries how are you doing hello aaron thanks for having me yeah, we've been in contact for some time now, for years, I think, uh, off and on. Not not constantly, of course, but sometimes I had a question about uh, Mycelium. Are you still with Mycelium? Are you still working on them? Yes, I'm still the release manager at Mycelium. Um, right. I've been there for four years now, more than four years. All right. And where are you from and where are you based? You're, you're based in Chile, I think? I'm now in Chile and I've... Uh, I'm born in Germany, and I'm here in Chile since nine years now. Right. Are you German? You have a very German last name. Yes, I'm German. Right, I see. And you've been in Chile for nine years, you said? Right. What brought you to Chile? 
Well, a startup. So uh, a colleague of mine asked me to join a tech startup, a Farmville clone or something like that for Facebook. And yeah, we won the grant from the Chilean government, Startup Chile. We came here and I pretty, pretty soon split off from, from the rest of the team and my return flight was eight months later or something. So I stayed here, fell in love with a chilling girl and I'm still with her. You stuck around. Right. Is it startup still going without you? No, 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 no. It fell apart pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And then you've been working with Mycelium for the past four years, you said? Right. And now you started, uh, you launched a new website. Wallet Scrutiny, yes. Walletscrutiny.com. Right. Okay, so tell me about it. Well, um, when I joined Mycelium, I already asked if it would be possible to have verifiable builds. And I was told, yeah, we looked into that and the current release manager has something prepared. And at some point I could look into that and uh, it took some while until I became the release manager and it took some more while until I finally got granted the time to look into how to make, how to make this thing uh, reproducible, how to make the build reproducible. And it turned out over the time, it also got easier to make the release reproducible. Can you, so, explain, uh, can you explain in Lehman's terms what this means? What does it mean to make the build reproducible? So the problem is that many people know that open source is good, closed source is bad, but what they then end up installing is something from Google Play in the case of Android wallets. Or yeah. they download a binary from a website and, and uh, the website says, oh, it's open source and here's the signed um, hash and stuff. And they think, oh, signed hash, that sounds very secure. But the signature of the hash of a binary is worth nothing if the binary is not compiled from the source code. So the release manager might have the best intentions and he pressed compile and he swears to the world and he finds it that this binary was compiled from the source code and, uh, but he had a virus or somebody put a gun to his head and said, press compile now. Yeah. And he releases a version which is not exactly what is on the public GitHub, for example. Yeah, so let's take this one step at a time for those that, that aren't as familiar with open source software development. The reason we want software to be open source is so anyone can validate that the software does what it should do, that there's no hidden steal your Bitcoin bugs in there, for example. The software is, um, anyone can look at it on GitHub. Now, this software to be able to run on a computer has to be compiled into binaries, which are essentially the zeros and ones. These are what your computer can read, but these zeros and ones aren't readable by a human. Right? So far, so exactly. good? Exactly. So the binary cannot be audited. So once yeah. I receive a binary, then I am lost. I cannot audit it. But mm -hmm. if I can reproduce the compilation of that binary, then, I, then it makes sense to review the source code to judge on the binary. And right. that's something that 
historically was not very much a priority. So compilers would take the files in, in random order, they would put the functions in random order because it has no impact on how the um, program runs or it would do some just-in-time optimization based on the platform you're running it on, etc. Yes. So even if, day, even if you compile the source code on the same source code on different computers or at different times or these kind of variables, then the binaries will turn out differently. Therefore, if the only thing you see are the binaries, then you have no way to check if it was actually from the source code, source code because you cannot recompile it into the same binaries. Exactly. So, so reproducible, it, uh, the property of being reproducible means that one security researcher can give protection for all the users. So if it's not reproducible, then everybody would have to compile it on his own and any binary that's floating around would not be provably linked to the source code. So the only way to profit from that open source project would be to compile it myself. So compiling it is much easier than reviewing all the code behind it, but it's still much, uh, much too much a hurdle for 99.9% .9 of the users. Right. The other thing you mentioned is that in the case of, for example, mycelium and uh, all mobile wallets, I guess, how people actually get it is they press download from the Play Store or from the Apple exactly. Store. So at, at that point, can you even, do you even see the binaries? You can, you can check the binaries then from what you're downloading there? Um, yes, you can. Uh, in Android, you can, um, well, when you install an, uh, an update on of an Android app, then that update would be stored in a specific folder. And if you know the name of the binary, then you can find that file even without um, administrator or root permission on the phone. And you can then upload it to somebody to check it. Right. That is something a, an app would do that I'm developing too. So you right. could have that app installed on your phone. The app would wait for any updates. And if you update Angry Birds, it would say, oh, not interested. And if you update the Schildbach wallet, it would say, oh, let's check the hash. Would send the hash to the server. The server would say, oh, I haven't seen that hash yet. Please send me the file. The app would ask the user, do you want to upload the 20 megabytes? to check and then the the binary would get to wallet scrutiny for further scrutiny all right so let's get to that further scrutiny then what does this look like so your this binary is sent to wallet scrutiny that's you currently i download it myself so it's currently a very manual process um i googled wallets bitcoin wallets and on on android and i then installed those wallets and then took the binary from my from my cell phone onto my computer, but that's my chill-in cell phone. And as the provider can provide a different binary to Chile and to the United States, I might not be testing the binary that other people are running. So the app that would collect those in other countries or in other screen sizes or whatever, um, that app is very much important for the protection of the users long term. But yes, I, I get them manually and then I 
check it out. And um, well, usually I start with looking at the website, does it claim to be open source? If it is not open source, then I stop there and then there's nothing to compile anyway. So, so why bother downloading the app? Right. But if it's open source, I check if the compile instructions are solid. And if they are solid, I compile it. And if I, uh, and then I get the binary on my phone from my phone to my computer. And then I compare those binaries. Right. One step at a time. So first of all, there are actually a bunch, bunch of wallets that aren't even open source. Right. Including some pretty big name wallets, I think, um, from the top of my head. Jax, although I think there's some code you can view somewhere, you just can't copy paste it or something. And then which, which other ones aren't open source? Um, if you look at my website, walletscrutiny.com, and you scroll all the way down, um, if you're just interested in finding those apps, then the um, second to last chart gives you all the big icons that you might recognize. But if you're interested how many users are, uh, are affected, then the last chart is the most interesting where the icons are scaled to the amount of downloads that the app had in the Google Play Store. Mm. And so the biggest closed source, and many don't know it's closed source, wallet is Toynomi. It's some orders of magnitude bigger than Jax. And oh. there is also uh, an open source one that's um, not answering to my inquiries, why is it not reproducible or why is it not compilable even? And that's the blockchain wallet. Right. Open source, but not verifiable. Right. That's the, well, yeah, that, that was the next step I was going to get to. First of all, so I, I know the, one of the developers or one guy who works for Coinomi. I think, you know, as far as I can judge, he's, he's probably an honest guy. But to be clear, the fact that it's not open source literally means it could be Bitcoin stealing more malware. There's just no way to check that. It, it was, it was, um, I mean, they had, I think it was the desktop version, which had a pretty serious bug in it, which sent your backup to a, um, predict, uh, to a keyboard input prediction server. So <laughs> it was just okay. sending the word offsite, which is a catastrophe. And um, after, after that, they, said, oh, we have so many Konami clones and we want to protect our uh, users from falling for those mutators. So we are going closed source. So. Right. Okay. Well, so that's closed source. And then the other part is open source codes, but the binaries that you downloaded didn't match. Uh, what did it not match exactly? The problem uh, with, with some is I didn't even succeed to compile them. And with others, I succeeded to compile them, but what I got is different from what is on the Play Store. For example, the, the Samurai wallet is, I think, 60,000, no, it's 60 kilobytes bigger on the Play Store than it is when I compile it or the reverse. So there's a huge difference. It's not just, some uh, some compiler that's optimizing a bit here or there it's a significant a significant difference and there's 
tons of libraries that are used in one version but not the other version, which would definitely um, be worth investigating further. So, what could cause this difference? If I, if you want to speculate, no, there, there, there's not much to speculate. I mean, they they say okay for the Play Store we have different constraints than for the version on our website and uh, to fulfill those constraints we use a different way or we, we compile basically a different source code so, the, so they openly say that the version that's on Google Play is not open source because they don't provide specific build instructions for the version on Google Play. And um, there, what would be a yes. what would be a reason to not um, implement this? I'm guessing it's extra work. Is it a lot of work? Yes and no. I mean, for some wallets, it was just to define like um, they didn't tag the revision on GitHub. So when I take the late, latest version from the master branch. I, I get a different result, but once they tagged their version, then it was already automatically verifiable. But there are some nasty things that can happen. And to my shame, the Mycelium wallet currently is not verifiable because we have a problem with the verifiability in the build tools. So I compiled it on my computer and I know that my colleague is using the exact prescribed uh, build instructions from our website to verify it. She did so and she approved my binary. And then I ran, and because I don't run the exact build instructions from our website, because most of the time it works anyway and it's just twice or three times faster to compile it without using a Docker container. So I compiled it without the Docker container. But if I use the Docker container as prescribed on our website, I suddenly get a different binary. And that is currently something I'm struggling with. So I now try to figure out where does that come from? We released the version anyway, because the diff is the difference between the two binaries is sufficiently small that we can audit the difference. So we can tell that there is no malicious changes. Yeah. Also, the, uh, the build was reproduced by my colleague. So either we both have the same virus on our machines uh, and we are not in the same country. And I, I don't know how some social engineering might have gotten us some, some evil backdoor. Um, but so this, sometimes it's complicated. And sometimes you need to get an extra step to make it reproducible. But usually when it's, usually it just works. And there are some libraries that take the uh, file system ordering and order the files by file name. And the other file system orders them by timestamp. And then you get a difference there. And so you have to use a file system that, and you can, um, emulate a file system for the step of comp compilation. And that's what we also have to do for mycelium to make it work. So it's not trivial, but for some wallets or for many wallets, it's quite easy to get there. Yeah, so on this topic, maybe I should have asked this before. How do you actually do make the binaries reproducible? Do you use Gideon? 
That's what Bitcoin Core uses, right? You're, you're... Right, but KPN is not for the Android builds. So the Android build tools should produce deterministic um, results. So whenever th those tools don't do that, then that's a pretty high priority bug on, on the issue trackers and it gets fixed, which when you try to release today is quite annoying, but it's something that the developers care about in um, most of the libraries and also in the build tools. And uh, so it should just work for <laughs> many things, but uh, as there is thousands of libraries and um, what Mycelium now has a problem with is a library that generates code. And that code that's generated is not being generated deterministically and by a library that is kind of um, one of tens of thousands of libraries, which are not all under the control of Google, so to say. Um, there is not the same priority there, but that's where we need the file system sorting fix that I uh, commented on before. So this category, this is a pretty big category, I think, right? Most wallets are open source, but not don't have reproducible builds. Is that right? Um, no, actually, there's 29 custodial wallets, 26 closed source wallets, only 24 open source wallets, and four verifiable wallets. So, of course, the verifiable wallets are also open source wallets. So, yep, they are like one third is open source and and or verifiable. One third is closed source, and one third is custodial. In terms right, of yeah, I didn't even take custodial more... into account because that's obviously not not safe. And you mentioned okay, so there's only four that are open source and verifiable. Which four are these right now? Um, that is the Schildbach wallet. Mm -hmm. But it's the Bitcoin wallet by Andreas Schildbach. Yep. Uh, he is very much, uh, he's always stressing that it's not only his wallet or it's not his wallet, it's by the, Schild by the Bitcoin wallet developers. There's the green wallet and there's the AirGap wallet and there is the green address AV core, which I heard is not really meant to be used as a wallet. It's a full node on your phone. So it's- Yeah, it's more and more a gimmick project almost. Yeah. And as I mentioned, Mycelium was in that category and hopefully soon, maybe tomorrow, I, that's my next job, gets back into the category. The um, unstoppable wallet uh, is giving me another headache. I tried to verify it and it's too verifiable. So <laughs> I, currently, I currently get a 100% match between the wallet that I download from Google Play and the one I compile. But I cannot use the one that I compile. And so there is some difference there that, I, that my tools don't see and uh, it's very confusing. So I'm, I'm investigating there. It's a tricky thing and I, I wish we were more people on the project. So it's really many wallets that are also, also the Phoenix wallet claims to be verifiable now, 
but their build instructions cost me an hour last time I tried to reproduce them and there was a serious issue because I don't want to install all kind of stuff on my build system and so I need to isolate the stuff so that's where it's getting complicated if their build instructions require you to compile several libraries and then have them installed in your local system so it then ends up in the wallet but yeah that's pretty much it yeah so that's depressing i think there's something else that might be depressing i want to hear your thoughts on that the whole premise which we also mentioned earlier is that the idea behind open source is that it's great because you know if it's open source people can check if there's malicious code in there uh, there's Bitcoin stealing malware. However, how many people do you think are actually doing this for most wallets? Is this actually happening beyond a very small group of developers that's working on the wallet anyways? Like how many people go around when, reviewing? Oh, reviewing. Wallets? Nobody. Nobody reviews other people's wallets. Exactly. So reviewing the mycelium wallet is a full-time job and uh, we have a small team so for for the review of what my colleagues put out uh, i'm entertained all the time reviewing what they do and i have to have an adversarial mind i have to assume they either fall for some library which is malicious or they fall um, they try to inject some wallet stealing code and i have to review line by line every change they do all the time and that's a full-time job and i have not reviewed all of mycelium i have reviewed all of the recent releases or since i am the release manager i reviewed them on an ongoing effort um, but you cannot do that for another wall just on the side because you know something about programming Right. And that's where I think that all its scrutiny would be very important because there is classes of attacks. And I'm pretty sure I have no clue about most vector, uh, most ways of attacking the wallet. So I can do an, a best effort uh, thing to protect our users, but I cannot make 100% sure that it's 100% safe. And to get Closer to that, I, th I think we would need to have the incentives in place so that external people can review for bug bounties, for example. Mm -hmm. And the guy who knows how to steal your wallet through a PNG file in the wallet scans all the 100 wallets for that vulnerability. The guy who knows how to steal with a bad version of the crypto library reviews all the projects for that vulnerability etc 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 and because the build is reproducible his efforts make sense for the final binary right well so my the the point of my question was that even if your wallet is open source and even if you make sure that it is reproducible then still users are trusting the developers of the wallets because no one else is looking at the code anyways. Um, that's partly true. I mean, at Mycelium, we sometimes got some um, back, um, get some hints about some issues, like um, 
we had some poor uh, SSL pinning where some user told us that that's not one, uh, not one that's like outdated and we should update that. And so sometimes we got hints from users to improve the wallet. So, but sometimes we screwed up and released a binary that was compiled from code that we had not published yet. And nobody complained about the source code missing. Uh, and so, not only did people not try to reproduce the, the build, they even didn't check if the version that they are installing is already on GitHub available. And so even what they consider open source is good, blah, blah, blah nobody checks. Yeah. So with wallet scrutiny, I want to get there. I want to get to a point where um, people install an app, the app checks if a rogue binary is in circulation and if there is a rogue whatever airgap vault wallet in circulation it would notify all the users of airgap vault quicker than they can update to the latest version and they would get notified and for example what could be done is that the phone gets disconnected from the internet it just switches off wi-fi and uh, mobile internet and tells the user please switch off auto update on your air gap wallet um, and um, watch what's going on there before you switch back on your internet something like that when did you start this project a couple of weeks ago no 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 in oh. november well i guess yeah i guess it would have taken longer to do all the research I, when the, when did it go online has it been online since november Yes, it's been online since November. In November, there was only two verifiable wallets, and it was in total, I think, 60 apps that were reviewed. Now it's over 100 apps that are reviewed, and um, there's more more automation. Yeah, right. you, you, you keep updating the website. Exactly, with every release, that's super important, because... Mm just because it was verifiable on the 15th of April doesn't mean that the next update is, is, uh, is good. Right. Yes. So you, you got to keep up with the new updates per wallet as well. Right. Is it, is it a one man project? Are you the only one maintaining this website? Currently? Yes. I'm the only one. So I had some contributions by, um, by a friend, um, Matthew Lamb in New Zealand and a colleague um, Christina from from Mycelium but uh, the last weeks I was mostly working alone on that well Matthew is maintaining the um, BDC pay server for donations but mm. uh, yeah the reviews I'm doing all on uh, all alone and it's it's a hobby project basically or do you hope to make money from it somehow at some point or I hope to get this seen by as many people as possible. I hope to turn it into something that people understand gives them security. And I hope that wallet providers care about being verifiable. And I hope to drive people away, away from closed source and non-verifiable wallets. Custodials mm -hmm. are another topic because Sure, if you are an institutional investor, you might want to have some custodian for, for managing something weird like crypto money. 
Mm. But if you want to be your own bank, there is no reason to use anything that is not verifiable. Yeah. All right. That was that topic, I think. I want to ask you more about mycelium as well. Is there anything else we need to discuss about the website? Um, check it out. There's more podcasts linked there. And it's, um, check out your wallet. Look into the discussion of the wallet. Because um, some things are just the tags that you see in the big list. But um, there's also a more in-detail discussion on the on the individual articles. All right. All right, Mycelium. Um, mycelium existed before you joined them, right? Right. Was it founded by Rasa? No, no, no. Rasa Did he work was hired. for Mycelium at some point? Yes, he worked for Mycelium. He was hired as the community manager. That was before me. No, right. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe, yeah. So who who runs Mycelium or who owns Mycelium? It's uh, the Mycelium Holding, it's called, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Alexander Kuzmin is the boss boss. That, that name rings a bell, right? Does, does Mycelium have a profits model or anything? Um, of course, there is some profits from selling bitcoins. There is some. I'm not familiar with the details there, but uh, you can buy bitcoins with credit card through the wallet, and there is a markup on the sales price that goes to Mycelium, mm. and um, there is referral links to the hardware wallets. So Mycelium supports hardware wallets. And if you don't have a hardware wallet, please buy it through Mycelium. So you get, uh, you, you don't pay extra for that, but we get uh, a referral uh, bonus for that. And um, I don't know, there is some, there is now Ethereum support. I think there was some, I don't know. I don't know if there was an interested party that wanted Ethereum support in the wallet and paid for that. I'm not familiar with the financing for certain features. There are some um, promoted links in the wallet where you can check out the related businesses. And uh, yeah, for those, there is certainly money involved, but I'm not familiar with that part. Right. Wasn't there also a coin, a token sale or something at some point? There was a token sale. I think there was I heard some slack about, about that. Yes, there was a token sale. I heard about the token sale myself a day before it went live. I was not involved in the planning. I was not involved in designing the website. And I certainly never promoted it. And don't have much to say on that topic. All right. What, do you know what happened with the sale or how that ended? I have, I'm, I have no idea. I'm genuinely curious. I just know <laughs> there was some controversy about it. Would you rather have us skip this topic or? I would prefer to skip that topic. Yes. All right. How big is my ceiling right now? Do you have any idea? Like how many users or how many, how does oh, it compare uh, to other wallets? It has a million downloads, but downloads are not, precisely the active users 
I think I'm not really in the position to share further insights there. Um, there is the wallet developer team, which is one, two, three, four, I don't know, six, seven people. Um, some are working also on other projects and there's other projects where we can get uh, people over if there is more need on the wallet. So mycelium is not only the wallet and um, there are other projects also. I also remember didn't mycelium have its own sort of local bitcoins kind of thing going on? Yes, it has a, an integrated exchange in the Android wallet. And I'm not sure how well that works currently. It didn't have much priority in the recent months. And I think it, uh, no, I know it doesn't support SegWit yet. And as um, the wallet now is on, uh, on SegWit by default, there is an issue. And so I think it's not really working well, but it gets people together. But in Do general, I, I, I'm pretty sure people still use it, but I'm not sure if we are earning fees from it because um, releasing the coins doesn't work when it's a SegWit transaction and stuff. So um, I think people meet and they exchange Bitcoins and uh, local currency, um, but uh, they settle outside of the local, uh, local trader, it's called. Right, yeah. So it's really this local thing where you find someone with your wallet, another mycelium wallet user, and you can trade locally. You find each other at a bar or something like that, right? Well, not right now, I the guess, because is, all bars are closed. The point of local trader is that it is highly anonymous and that the messages are end-to-end -end encrypted. So the, um, the, so we don't have to moderate the communications. And um, so it is a, and, and the idea is meet physically. And if the other guy doesn't um, honor the contract, don't honor a contract you neither. But um, it's hard to tell the user to do that. I mean, the, when you try to buy Bitcoins on local or sell bitcoins on local trader you get a notification like four times on the way to selling that tries to tell you in pictograms and in english and again in english don't release bitcoins if you don't meet in a physical place but it's an, a completely anonymous end-to-end -end encrypted trading platform so there is a scammer problem, and uh, um, so people release the bitcoins. But I think currently releasing the bitcoins doesn't work too well, so I don't know how much there is a scammer problem at this point. But yeah, it's not the best uh, marketplace um, as of now, I think. But I think this will soon be a uh, priority again. Right. Anything else about mycelium you think is interesting to share? um it's a really old player so it's uh i think it dates back to 2013 um or, or earlier um i don't know any other questions no but i'm curious i asked about the bars what is uh what's going <laughs> on in chile with the uh, corona thing are you allowed is the country in lockdown over there or no um 
it's not lockdown like they would uh, not allow you to go out on the street but um yeah they don't let you travel from santiago to the coast so now it's uh, now it was a long weekend and there were uh, i don't know tens of thousands of people trying to get from santiago to the coast for some holiday and the police are sending them back mm. if, if you don't register that you have business at the coast you don't uh, go, you don't get past the police there so mm. it's so there are travel restrictions in the country there is travel restrictions within the country and um, i don't know how the flights are i came back from new zealand like a few days before they stopped most flights i think mm. and uh and uh, it's pretty crazy like all over the place all, all over the world i think are you in santiago or are you somewhere else i'm at the coast i'm here in Vinya. right and people are allowed so there's travel sections are bars open stores is everything closed or i'm pretty sure bars are closed small shops are closed like uh, it, if you want to sell, you have to basically sell out of a window. If you're not a, an essential business, there's queues out of the pharmacies and out of the supermarkets and they take your temperature. And uh, if you have a fever, you you get rejected. And mm. like yesterday I had for the first time to disinfect my shoes when entering a uh, um, supermarket. Um, mm. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yep, that, that's for sure. All right, Leo. Anything else? Any last words? Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> Did no, we miss anything? Thanks for having me again. No, it's uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, it was nice meeting you finally. Well, we still haven't met really, but at least we've had some. Uh, yeah, come, come over to way. Chile. What's that? Okay, come over to Chile. One day, one day, when the travel restrictions are lifted, all. Definitely consider it. All right, Aaron. Thanks a lot, Leo. Take See care. you. Bye.